The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? Friday! It's true. It's, it's Friday. True. Yeah. It's martini day. It is. When you've had great sex, you need a great martini. Like great, uh, epic sex. So, easy to make. We've got it down for our taste, at least. And it's perfection in a glass. So, it's eight parts of, we use Tangeray dry gin, London dry. And then we use one part of Dolan dry uh, vermouth. And we use two dropperfuls of orange bitters. I let it sit for quite a while. And then I stirred it about 50 turns. And I let it sit a little bit more while I prepared the garnish, which is uh, you want to cut it fresh orange rind. And then basically you're going to strain it into cold coupe glasses. And then you're going to take your orange peel that you prepared and you're going to crunch the rind so that it sprays the oils into the glass on top of the alcohol and then you rub the edge of the peel on the glass finish cutting them and twirling them into twirls because everyone likes a nice twirl in the martini and then serve Mm, it's really good it's like a perfect martini (laughs) it's really if i had never had this before and you said to me i'm going to make you a perfect martini who i am is somebody who would go i doubt it Right. right? Right. And then you make this and you taste it. You go, oh, no, no, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's that exactly it's what perfect. it is. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at slub, S-L-U-B-B, dash USA dot com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. All right. So Lessons in Chemistry, Episode 6. Yeah. What an amazing episode. You know, I love the show. It's a really thoughtful, well-written, beautifully photographed, timeless kind of show. Mm -hmm. And it hits on so many levels, you know, like there's conversations about feminism and about misogyny and about racism racism and about discrimination discrimination and, and, 
and not just that, but there's also this homophobia, bigotry, and it's got all of that. And then also integrity, a conversation around integrity. Yeah. And it's just like, you get to see all sorts of different elements of human nature and culture Mm -hmm. wrapped up in that show. So I I think it's a really interesting show. So this one begins where you see young Elizabeth and she's witnessing her dad preaching and you see her interacting around that and sort of watching. And then there's the scene where there's this burst of flame in a chair, in a chair next to her brother. The preacher calls for a sign from God and there's this burst of flame. And then it cuts to a scene where she's sitting, talking to her brother. She's sitting on a tree trunk. He's standing next to her. He's like 13, 14. Yeah. She's maybe 10, yeah. 11. And he shows her that it's really not magic, that what he has are some pistachio nutshells. And he sets fire to them. And she asks him, well, if he's lying, is he going to go to hell? And he says, well, you know, hell is when you live a lie. That's what it's like. And you sort of get the sense that he's living his own yeah. hell. He's in denial about himself. So, so you get that. And then we jump back into the present time. And now she's in the studio and she's getting ready to... Yeah, ratings are great. Ratings are great. And like, everything's going They just great. got... The owner of the studio comes up and is like, oh, we just got a like a full-on major sponsor. Title sponsor. Yeah. yeah. And Swift and Crisp, and it's a, it's shortening, basically. Right. And she's just like, well, no, I don't I don't ever cook with that. No, <laughs> the, the lipid structure is not appropriate for cooking, you know? And he's like, we aren't going to have that. You will do this, basically. They're having a pissing match about it. Right. And then we see, is it, she's on set the next moment? In the next moment, she's on set. She shows the Swift and Chris, pushes off to the side. It says, she we're pushes make a scale in front of Scale in front of her. She says, we're going to do this with beef tallow. Yeah. And so he freaks out and he says to her afterwards, you're suspended for three days. Mm-hmm. But he also makes point of suspending all of the support staff without pay for without three days. Without pay for three days. So that's kind of the moment that she's in. And she goes home and her neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, Who just earlier during, you know, Zot's show, there was all over the news, Martin Luther King being arrested for being on the street corner. Oh, right. Yeah. And... So it was a real moving moment with her and her whole family are watching this. And at one point, her husband says, you know, kids go to bed. And she's like, no, no, they need to see this. And then the daughter says, yeah, well, his daughter is the same age as me. So this matters, you know. Right. So they're dealing with major national things. And then Elizabeth gets home and calls. She's all excited. And she's excited because she wore pants at Liberating Women. And, you know, it's making... Harriet. Family watching the news feel like that's your biggest thing, whether you wore pants. Right now, we're having people being beaten in the streets, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, I remember saying to you during that, it's like a huge disconnect. Yeah. You know, even though she's a woman and she's experiencing sexism, she's still privileged. Sure. And the reason that it came out that she wore pants on national TV is because there were two minutes left in a shooting. And so she steps in front of the audience, Mm -hmm. invites a question. This woman stands up and asks her a peculiar question about permeable membranes. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, like, scientific question. About her edema in her legs. Because I'm, like, leaking through my cell membranes and 
she Elizabeth assumes this person is a physician. She's oh no no I'm just a housewife. And she asks, well do you want to be a doctor? And she goes no 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 no. And she well if you want to be a doctor, what kind of doctor would you be? And she immediately goes open heart surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> so she's been thinking about it. And in just that very short conversation, Elizabeth laid out a possibility for her. Yeah. The way you get to medical school is you go to the library, you do MCATs, you go to med school, surgeon. Yeah. And, yeah. and she hadn't like, considered like, oh, there are steps I can take, right? Yeah. And it's also, it speaks to the moment of the time because while she's talking about being a surgeon, the station owner's scoffing at her. Mm -hmm. right? So there's real misogynistic totally. sort of frame totally. of reference. So that happened. And the fact that she was wearing pants was very upsetting to everybody who wasn't a woman, I guess. Mm -hmm. Anyway, at the same time, there's another storyline going on. And this storyline is mad. And mad is on a mission to try and track down her dad. And mm -hmm. she called like every St. Luke's. Luke's from where they were to Wyoming. Yeah. Ohio to Wyoming or something like that. And she knew exactly like so 14 answer. said, said no, no, nine didn't answer. Nine didn't answer and seven said it was policy. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, so she's talking to the preacher. She shares this with him and he says, well, that's a cold case. Like this, we've run out of leads. And then he goes, well, you know, my favorite author, Agatha Christie, like her character Poirot, he says the information's in your head. So you, you already know the answer. You just have to untangle it. You have it. to untangle it. And she was like, how can I know something that I don't know? You know, But he said, it's in there. You Start with what you know. Yeah. And so she goes back to the library. She talks to the librarian and she asks for a reference for her dad. Any reference with Kelvin's name in it. And off she goes. We go back to Harriet and her family. And she's actually Harriet's meeting with a couple of other women and she's sort of planning a march. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's had a conversation with her husband about it. He's not that keen. He's not that her. keen. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's a physician. He's at Kaiser. So he's sort of a little bit protective of his position, mm -hmm. you know, because it's that period of time, the fifties. Anyway, they said about doing that. And then, you know, she's meeting with Elizabeth and Elizabeth's like, yeah, I can't come. And because it because like this recent upset of not doing the shortening led to three days off of no pay. Yeah. And Harriet points out to Elizabeth that she has a voice. She has a platform. Mm -hmm. She has a stage and people listen to her. Mm -hmm. And so that's what leaves Elizabeth. And to not say anything. Yeah, to not say anything. Right? It's just as bad as, you yeah. know. Elizabeth is in another scene signing photographs and she keeps backtracking in her head to an earlier time with her brother and we see her brother being tortured by his father by beaten being, up by a tree being told he can never be seen with that boy again yeah you know, beaten up and then they're driving off and he's got him in the trunk yep and he's just being really mean to him and elizabeth of course is freaking out because she loves her brother mm -hmm. and then the next scene with that family there's this sort of a nighttime bedroom and you hear a gunshot and he in the bathroom, himself. shot himself, right? Now, so that you really get at the angst, at the real anxiety that homosexuals had mm -hmm. who were living in families where there was such intolerance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Next, you see a scene in the studio where Elizabeth is going to speak. And this is what she does. So you see her in the studio. It looks like the scene is just going to start for the show. And the shortening, Swift and Crisp, is out on the counter. And she walks up and grabs a can 
and says a couple, she reads what's on the card. She reads the cue cards, a couple of the sentences about we all love Swift and Crisp and it's what we use in our groundbreaking recipes and all this business. And then she puts the can down because that felt horrible to her. And then on the other side, she says, and then Monday we will be running reruns because I will be attending a protest march yeah, and so for, she, and she, uh, for a freeway that's being brought through a black neighborhood. And then she holds up holds the up flyer the side, yeah. and says to the cameraman, can you come closer? And the owner says, don't you dare. And the yeah. manager says, push forward. And they push forward right onto her screen of the, the protest. Uh, protest. Yeah. And then you see her after the show, she's boxing up the food from right. the dinner she made. And the owner comes over is just, you wait and see now it's four days yeah. and you're never going to be able to. And so she just runs back at him with all the math. Well, I've already figured out how much it costs to pay all the staff for four days, six days, eight days, 20 days. Right. But she says, I know you can't last because you're losing how many, much 20, money? $20,000. $22,000 in four days. Yeah. Yeah. So she basically calls his bluff takes care of her staff, supports the protest march. Yeah. And, you know, you sort of see her integrity in that whole experience. Yeah. Like all of that, she's sort of staying true to herself. And later you see her at the protest. Yeah. And that street protest was just a, you know, a small street protest yeah. by standards, right? Mm-hmm. But the police come and then they turn her into a sit-down protest. And Elizabeth is part of the protest. She's actually mm-hmm. there with Harriet and her husband in the, the neighborhood. And the police start beating up the black protesters and dragging, and dragging them to jail. some of them off to jail, you know. And Elizabeth is horrified mm-hmm. by that. You have to get in her privileged experience of life in that time. She mm-hmm. had never seen anything like that. Mm-mm. So she was horrified by it. And that sort of gave her pause. And so then later you see Carriott's two kids mm-hmm. because the um, librarian gave Maddie a document that had a, a letter from a lawyer and yeah, recognizes the name mm-hmm. and that's her neighbor it's harriet's law firm mm-hmm. and so in the next scene you see harriet's two kids sneaking into the office of the law firm getting the into files. a file cabinet going through the files snagging her dad's her dad. file yeah and they come out and of course they're immediately caught mm-hmm. and then you see elizabeth, elizabeth and harriet Harry. having yeah. a moment together yeah and they're just visiting and she's kind of just questioning like did you see the show no i didn't what do you think maddie's trying to do and then she's just trying to explain harriet's trying to explain to elizabeth that well, you never talk about him yeah because i've just, always talked don't. about him and she goes no you don't talk about him no, she, she goes i've been i've talked about him since uh, since she was a child and harriet says yeah but she's not a child Right. So Elizabeth hasn't adjusted the way she's speaking to many about it. Right. Later, you see her with her daughter, and she talks about that she really wants to talk about her dad. And so she and Mad have a conversation mm-hmm. about Kelvin, and it's very sweet. The kid is so cute. She's so precocious. Anyway, so in the next scene, you see Maddie running into the preacher's yeah office, right? office, yeah, and she goes, "Check this out," you know, and. It's a letter, da, 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 and he picks it up and he starts to read it. And it's the only letter in this pile where they aren't asking for money or asking for something from my dad. Yeah, as and, a scientist. and I mentioned St. Luke's. Yeah. So Maddie feels like she's got it. Mm-hmm. And the preacher reads the letter and then looks at who it's to and about. 
And he realizes and asks her, like, oh, your dad is Kelvin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting. Like there's a knowingness. Well, there is. Yeah. Remember, he was the preacher at the funeral. Yeah. Right. So this is all like seven years ago now. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that, you know, that's important to him to know. So that was kind of the show. And I just wanted to talk about some of the things that were in it. For example, this whole trajectory of Elizabeth's coming to power. When the started, she didn't know what a TV show was. Now she's busy like holding the owner to account, mm-hmm. you know, like standing in her integrity, not letting them bulldoze her into using the product mm-hmm. and then also calling him out on the suspensions. So that whole sense of her just coming into her own power and how it's tied, I think, to her integrity and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that that really resonates for me with her. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Mm. And then the second thing that I thought was really fascinating in that show was the conversation around her brother mm-hmm. and just the fulfillment of the experience of his suicide mm-hmm. that she's been sitting with. She alluded to it, but we never actually dealt with it. No, it's and- interesting. I mean... We're only learning now about her family. Yeah. Because we didn't get any of that picture before when she was with Calvin. Yeah. And so, you know, you're talking about them being a couple and not sharing a lot about their family. He doesn't know a lot about his family. She doesn't have a lot of connection with them. And so now she's having to be confronted with who her family is because her daughter yeah, she's, wants she's to know. Daughter, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and that takes a whole different twist. Yeah. It was very cool because Maddie goes, yeah, I'm interested in my own abiogenesis. Yeah, <laughs> that was really cool. I'm enjoying this. I mean, it's interesting that all these topics come up that are so prudent for what we're even dealing with today. You yeah. Know? And it's just the writing is really good. They've intertwined all that. So I think that bravo to them. All situations, all of these like societal upsets. Disrupts, yeah. A lot of disrupts, but it's also amazing in the growth, you know, because that was in the 50s and 50 years later, now we have gay marriage. So it's like a fairly rapid trajectory Mm -hmm. from that point where it really was in the closet. It really was hidden, you know. Then the issue with the black protest movement and the, the relatedness to the MLK time, mm-hmm. just the sense of uncivility that was present for the black community at that time, I think mm-hmm. that was very powerful. And then the one thing we've stepped over in the show is she runs into Fran, her old colleague. Oh, this is it, brilliant. Yeah, she runs into her old colleague at in Hastings. the grocery store at Hastings. And of course, Elizabeth is at first, you know, on defense because this yeah. woman hasn't treated her well. Right. But she's very gracious and, and, and she, she's apologetic. And she's apologetic and she acknowledges that she could have done better. And Elizabeth's like, no, Hastings was bad for all of us. She goes, no, I really could have done better. But she lets on that she's unemployed. And Elizabeth says, hey, well, would you like to come to a taping? Yeah. And she goes, oh, I'd love to. So then you see that whole thing play out. So she comes to the taping. Mm-hmm. The station manager, Walter, has the eye for her. You know. Yeah, like he's a little, <laughs> he's a little like, head like, over go, heels. Go, go, a gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a little gate. And the reason that she's there is she loved the show, but she has some notes because Elizabeth wants to take audience questions again. And the first audience question she gets is about her moisturizer <laughs> and so on. But she says, hey, I've, I've got a note for you. Like, have somebody screen your questions. Yeah, don't, you know, don't just take every, don't yeah, answer everyone. Don't answer Why everyone. would you she answer goes, everyone? She goes, yeah, just have somebody screen them and just get the ones you want. You know, it's your show. And she goes, oh. 
would you like to be my uh, production assistant or my yeah, chief of staff? Yeah, actually, she makes or, her. Yeah, it's like her chief of staff. staff yeah. yeah, and you know, as as she sort of begins to interact with the office, Walter's yeah. head over heels. So you know, there's all that occurring, and you know, it's all coming to a head. Yeah, you know, because Maddie's getting Feels closer, like and the thing with Walter and Fran happening, and I think the show is just brilliant. I love it. I, yeah, it just hits me on so many levels. There's a lot of authentic ways of being in the show. It's just great. It really is. Yeah. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Thank you.